This episode is dedicated to my fellow Nigerians who are fighting against police brutality and fighting for a better Nigeria for future generations to come. NSARS or End Special Anti-Robbery Squad is a social movement led by youth against police brutality in Nigeria. The slogan calls for an end to the Special Anti-Robbery Squad, a controversial unit of the Nigerian police force with a long record of abuse. Why is it trending? Well, on October the 7th, an unprovoked murder of a young man by SARS officers emerged on social media. Nigerian officials claimed that the video was fake and arrested the person who recorded it. The video quickly went viral and the NSARS hashtag, which dates back to 2017, started to populate. What are Nigerians fighting for? One set of demands has circulated widely on social media under the hashtag 545. One, the immediate release of arrested protesters. Two, justice for those who have died at the hands of police and compensation for victims' families. Three, the creation of an independent body to oversee the investigation and prosecution of all police misconduct reports. Four, psychological evaluation and retraining of former SARS officers before they're allowed to be redeployed. Five, increased salaries for officers to deter them from extorting civilians. How can you help? Amplify, post, tweet and share information, photos and videos. Use your platform to amplify the voices of those in Nigeria. Educate, educate yourself and others on police brutality that takes place in Nigeria. Donate, Flutterware, Feminist Coalition, Gatefold Impact and others all have funds in support of victims and protesters. Protest, protest if you want your voice to be heard and real change to be made. My thoughts and prayers are with my fellow Nigerians. Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualise your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. and welcome back to Level Up with Lou. This is your girl Lou Oni with episode 34. Hope you guys have been doing good. Hope you guys are having a good week. Forgive me if I sound a bit disorientated but I've just been busy this week with a lot. A lot has been going on and this is the first day I've had Wi-Fi for this week. So I just thank God for Wi-Fi. I thank God for, yeah, I just thank God for everything he has done because me, I'm just stressed but yeah, guys, I am back with a new episode for you. I'm here with a very special guest. Um, this is someone I went to uni with, someone that has honestly been such a source of inspiration for me. Yeah, she's just honestly someone that I just look up to and think is someone that's just incredible. She's a God-fearing woman. She's beautiful. Guys, she's she's also a um, aspiring MUA lash technician as well as a beauty Um well, I want to say beauty guru because she's on YouTube, but you know, she's really into hair, fashion, beauty, and guys, yeah, she's she's honestly an amazing person. So, guys, um, yeah, this is Holder. 
Hello, everybody. I was better expecting such an introduction. Um, <laughs> I feel like doing intros is really awkward. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I said, wow, am I for sale? I mean, lucky you. I'm with the market. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you know, you have to. I feel like... No, you have to hype. I feel like if there's one thing you have to do is hype your guests. Like you have to really, do you know what I mean? You have to bring it. Like, so thank you for coming on. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself since I kind of butchered the intro a little bit? You didn't butcher it. Um, you're you're spot on. Um, in terms of everything I do. So yeah, I am a lash tech. Um, I have been doing hair for ill I can actually say almost a decade that tells you that I'm old ill wow <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um I also do makeup as well bridals birthdays anything really and um, just any event and yeah so yeah that was that was perfect thank you and what else do you do on the side apart from all that? Do you have any other things you do oh. for work and all that? Okay, so my nine to five is um, insurance underwriting. So, yeah, a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's basically well, I'm I'm a commercial underwriter, so I underwrite businesses, look at the risks, see if we want to provide as insurance, analyze it, talk to brokers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's my nine to five and then my side hustle is the beauty stuff really um yeah as mentioned before but yeah my side hustle has always been beauty don't let hold off all you this girl is smart like <laughs> not only is she smart but she's also beautiful and she's really good with her hands as well and she can dance but I think most I don't know a lot of Ghanaians can dance so it must be in her blood somewhere <laughs> honestly Guys, if you saw, um, how to post this video? Uh, she was I think one of the one that? of. How are we all doing? Go to express your life. <laughs> and hot like, let me just let you guys know, Holda is, Holda is really good at dancing. Like all the like ACS stuff. So basically, I went to Brighton Uni. She went to Sussex Uni, and because I used to go to a lot of like the ACS stuff, so I knew a lot of like people from there as well. So how do you still like the dances or the events? Now nah, she she you did you were in big big clash as well, weren't you? So hey. yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. We won't we won't talk about the year because people still want to find the YouTube video for that. But yeah, I'm done. If if you're Actually, really if you're really hell bent on finding it, you will go through all the big clash videos and give them your views. <laughs> but do you know what? I completely forgot that you even went to Brighton. You were in Sussex so much. You were basically. Can you imagine? Basically in Sussex. I think you know. I was. I was. I think I was just so jealous, to be honest, because I was like, so basically, like, Brighton Uni is kind of all over the place. We don't have like one big campus, so I was always oh, envious true. of the way like yeah. Sussex was like laid. That was really cool, and yeah. I think yeah, just knowing a lot I think of like that was a year the, where you um, were far away from us anyway, though, wasn't it? What do you mean? Like, you weren't always near the Sussex campus, were you? Was there a year where no, you No, my, like, my campus... No, my campus was always Falmer, so right opposite the Sussex um, campus. Yeah. But, no, man. I, I think I, I really liked your campus. I was like, if I did go to Sussex, I think I'd be very happy there. But I don't know. How would you say your experience was in Sussex? 
Oh, it was okay. Um, I think I definitely did have like my fun in. Oh. Yeah, I definitely did have my fun <laughs> in, in my first year, sort of second year, and I think mm. after that, I kind of kept my head down, didn't do much really. But I would say I don't think I rinsed the whole uni experience. Like when I really? when I left, I was like, yeah, I didn't rinse all my resources. But um, why did you say yeah, that? Uni was a good experience. Um, just first of all, I didn't ever borrow a book from the library. I didn't ever use any of the resources. I'd literally just learnt things from my lecture or from the book and mm. YouTube. Like, <laughs> so I didn't rinse my resources, like getting close to lecturers and things like that, or um, like course buddies. And like, I feel like my degree would have been so much easier if I had used all those resources. So I feel like mm. if I was to go and do a master's, um. I'd know exactly what I'd want to take advantage of. So yeah, yeah if you're not at uni yet or you're just in your first year of uni and you're listening to this, make sure you rinse your resources because nine grand, especially in Corona, is not cheap. Whew. It's not. A, it's actually not a joke at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I was gonna say, do you think it's worth it, like, to go to uni during this time? As in, like, because obviously people, like, are going on campus and stuff. Like, one of my cousins has gone off to uni. Do you think it's actually worth it during corona to be at uni um, or to it, go from home? It depends on the reason why you're going. If you're going for parties, then it might not be because those might be locked up. But you will probably <laughs> will find house parties and stuff like that. But for a first year, house parties, I don't know, like, House parties in second year make more sense because you know the people. First mm. year is a bit difficult like to navigate, especially if you don't have any friends as yet and stuff like that. So I don't know. I would say I think if I was to go to uni um, during corona, I'd probably stay at home just to save money. Yeah. But not for the first yeah. three years. Maybe my second year I'd go on campus when things have um, calmed down a bit. So, yeah. Yeah, because I can I can remember how my first year outings were. Let me just say they were very interesting. Because I was going out with like my housemates, I was going out with some of my course mates. And let me tell you, the way all your people party is a completely different. <laughs> it's a different kettle of fish, a different board game. Hold on, like you ain't seen party you see all your board parties. I said, wow. I said, wow. Honestly. Oh dear. I don't think I don't think I ever attended one really. I think the closest I got to attending one was like going to prison or something. But mm. even then I was in what did they did they call it the black room or something? I don't even remember. You know that room that I what, in prison? Plays, like, the R&B and stuff like that. Yeah, because there's yeah. loads of different rooms, isn't it? Yeah. Well is it actually called so, the black room? I refuse to believe that it'll be called it the won't black be room. Not officially, but like it's basically where the we went. Yeah. We would have given it to. Yeah. We would have given it to. The good old days, man. I, I kind of miss uni, I'm not going to lie. A little bit. There's a oh, little yeah. part of me that's like, oh. Because I feel like I I feel like I enjoyed, like I, I feel like I took advantage of the enjoyment at uni. Obviously, I didn't overdo it because but the kind of course I was doing, there was no way it was going to run. I was going to be missing lectures and stuff. But I feel like mm-hmm. I kind of tried as much as possible to get involved with stuff. So, nah, I enjoyed it. And I met loads of people as well. So it was good. It was really yeah. good. So how did we meet? I think 
If I'm correct, I feel like where we met was Oh, trash. I know. It was through, I did your hair, but I don't think I knew you that well. I feel like it was Isabel that told you I did hair and I did your faux locs. Do you remember? Oh, is it really that? Is that is that really like the first time you met? I don't know if it was, the, it, I don't think it was the first time, but I think you met Isabel on the bus. And Isabel mm. passed you on to me. And then I think that was it. Unless I had seen you at church, but I don't think we had communicated yet. Mm. Oh. But yeah. I that think makes sense. East Slope times. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, but East Slope yeah. is actually not. I was going to say East Slope is not, it's not on our level anymore. I, I, they've like, Everybody changed everything. Everybody's leaving East Slope alone. East Slope is the <laughs> My whole rent for the beginning, from the beginning of uni to the, sorry, for my whole first year was three grand altogether. What? Yeah, that's like 900 wow. so nine hundred and something every term. So I was saving that money. That is cheap. So everybody should do you know what I mean. But I think it helped that I lived with um, Isabel and Jade was nearby as well. So yeah, yeah. I think it helped. But otherwise, yeah, that place was actually our house was actually smelling, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. As long as you're saving money, in it, <laughs> it's fine. Have you made it out? And I live. You live to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> So in today's episode, guys, I so I have always wanted to do an episode with Holder. Um, I just never got around to it, and I know she's quite busy as well. I would have actually preferred to do this episode like in the studio, like okay. a live recording. But then with everything you know going on, and all the while of commuting and stuff, I just thought, you know what, let's just try and do one online. Um, and when I was like planning the episode, I was thinking, oh, what would be good to talk about? So I thought we could talk about like, because Holder's quite like involved in the beauty industry, obviously, like, you know, doing her side hustle um, and then doing YouTube as well and all the other things she does. I thought it'd be good to talk about stuff to do with the beauty industry, um, to do with her um, side hustle as well. So talking about like hair and makeup um, and then talk about like being a black influencer and if you know if she feels like black influencers are appreciated in today's society um and if it's worth even pursuing I'm not an career. I'm just no, 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 she's going not. to be my, she's my on her way on third party influenza <laughs> influenza <laughs> but yeah so my first question holder I wanted to ask was what inspired you to get into makeup and you know hair and stuff like how did you even get into that so from secondary school um I think in secondary school my sister decided one day that she wasn't gonna perm my hair ever again so and then I don't know however many months later she decided that she was just gonna cut my transition hair off so she was basically experimenting on me but I didn't know this at the time and since then um I just basically started doing my own braids and my sister also owned a hair salon 
um, in Brixton at the time. So I used to also work with her sort of towards the end of secondary school time to sixth form. And that's how I got into doing like things like weaves and stuff. Um, so that's what like seven years ago. So I got into doing like weaves and stuff like that seven years ago or so. And if you know Brixton babes or South London babes in general, don't play with their hair. So it always just had to be on point. So that was, I think, I would say my foundation um, in terms of weaves, but in terms of braids, it was always on myself. And then also um, on like my cousins and people at school. And so I was just always into like perfecting it. Um, yeah. And I think that's where I got into hair. When it comes to makeup, or did you ask me about hair? Or did you ask me about, or did I asked about, about yeah, hair and makeup. Okay, as uh, so when it comes to makeup, I wasn't allowed to wear makeup up until like what till I was like sixteen. Um, yeah, and what I did, I think, was I used to. I don't know where I got my brow pencil from. It was probably stole it from my mum. And would take my sister's concealer and I'd practice brows because that's when like ombre brows, like when people actually started doing nice, nice brows and not just penciling it in. That's when mm. it sort of started. I just used to practice doing my brows and I'd take a picture and stuff like that. Then my makeup kit grew. Um, probably half of it was my sister's and then <laughs> the other half every now and again. I'd get my mum to buy certain things, even though she wouldn't allow me to wear it. But I could, like, I tried it in my house, and then I'd wash it off or whatever. Um, eventually, um, during sort of sixth form, I was I started working and stuff. Um, built my kit a bit. Um, and then I went to America because my sister moved to America at that point. And she does bridal hair and makeup and stuff in America as her side hustle as well. And then mm. I went there, did like bridesmaids. So it would be like five at a time, six at a time. While she's doing their hair, I do their makeup. And yeah, did it that way and made my money back for my kit as well um, while I was down there. And then, yeah, that's how I started. I think how... Other people started seeing me in America was because one got reposted by Bella Niger weddings. Oh wow! And so we got a you. There. But yeah, but that was it really. But I've been really bad at promo. Like everyone knows this, I'm terrible at promo. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get better at that now. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's really was the beginning of the end of the journey. I said the end, you know. Wow. <laughs> so how would you say you juggle working for yourself, um, so like doing your side hustle and like all your other responsibilities? Because I know you're quite busy as well um, with all the stuff you have going on. Um, I think I've been used to it because even at uni, um, apart from my very first year, I always worked alongside doing hair, even though I probably didn't need to. Like, there was a year I counted, mm. like, how many uni clients I got, and I had, like, 92 or something like that in the 92. year, which meant something like, yeah, that meant something like two a week, um, 
that's excluding sort of um summer holidays and stuff as well so at least two or three a week and a lot of it was like weave braids stuff like that um and so yeah I always I've just always worked and had that on the side um I always worked part-time I had uni to do yeah I don't know how to be fair it's more like it's ad hoc really as and when I can't even say oh I had a calendar and no it was more like okay someone tell me they want to do their hair I let them know when I'm free let me pencil it in I write it down oh I don't know if you remember I used to have a whiteboard in my room I used to yeah. think that I'd use it for I used it for appointments really <laughs> and I'll cross it out <laughs> when the person has come or whatever so yeah I didn't use I didn't even use it for school I used it for my hair appointment so yeah if you're getting into that, just get a sticky whiteboard on your room wall, to be fair. It, that helps a lot because ain't nobody got time to be going back and dipping into and out of a diary and using a phone didn't work much. <laughs> much. Either. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, yeah. I'd say now, um, how is it different now? I think since I started working, like, nine to five, like, my actual grad job, because it was in Kent, I wasn't getting many hair clients because um, I wasn't near University of Kent. So there wasn't a lot of um, black people. There's not a lot of black people in my area or anybody that really wants to do their hair like that. So I think that's when I got more into doing lashes because every time Mm. and Harry does lashes, whether you're white, Asian, black or whatever. Um, Mm. So yeah, with that, it would just be after work or on the weekend if I'm not in London basically okay so like what would you say are some like challenges you faced whilst having your own side hustle and working like in the beauty industry um so having your own side hustle um I think keeping the money separate like knowing whether Mm. you're actually being um, productive or not because especially when that's why I don't like cash because when people pay you in well actually it should technically be better but when people pay you in cash it doesn't reach your account you don't really account for it you spend 10 pound here on petrol or you spend 20 pound there so like it's kind of hard to account for what you're doing and to be able to see like whether you're actually doing any hard work or not um yeah outside of the usual there's like obviously being tired and things like that but I really adopted this I can't kill myself attitude so like I do things at <laughs> my my convenience because I just feel like I spent all my uni years just doing people's hair like at odd times of the day um and I just wow. can't do that anymore with work and stuff yeah. um in the beauty industry there's so many people that do hair or sell hair and stuff like that and it's not a challenge I'd say but sometimes it's just like hmm, especially when you're like me and you're not promoting yourself and stuff like that you might be like hmm should I should I continue should I focus should I put my focus elsewhere can I do two or three things at once am I pushing myself too much is it worth it that kind of thing um but you mm. kind of just have to figure out whether it's something you are passionate about or not um yeah. and I even question myself about it like till date sometimes so yeah 
it really depends um on the person so yeah like which one do you prefer between like doing hair or like makeup because i feel like me personally i feel like your i prefer your makeup to your hair like i feel like I don't know. You know when you can just... When you see someone's... I don't know. Because you know how hair most... Okay, obviously, if you're a hairstylist, you know how hair kind of looks and you know, like, the differences and stuff. But when you're doing someone's makeup, you can... I can directly see, like, your work on someone. So I can tell this is, like, something that Holder's done. Do you know what I mean? I can see, like... Because I know, like, obviously, like, certain techniques that you use and stuff. So it's more distinctly you. But, like... What'd you say? Signature. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're more like your signature. So I was going to say, like, what, which one do you actually prefer doing um, between um, the hair and makeup? I would say um, at uni, I preferred doing hair. Now, I prefer doing makeup. One, because it's quicker. Um, you're sort of in and out. Two... Um, it's just nice seeing it all come together. Thing is, with me and hair, though, is it's almost a love-hate relationship, which is why I was saying, like, sometimes I even still question myself. So I I feel like where I took a break from doing it, there's so much I need to learn or there's still a lot that I'd like to master. So I've even been thinking about whether to do, like, um, a hairdressing course and stuff like that. I'm just on the side as a night mm. course or something like that. Um, just so that you can deal with different textures of hair or because it's that the hair industry on its own, like it's I don't think it's part of the beauty well, I, I like is part of the beauty industry, but I feel like it's an industry on its own because to even sort of tap into it takes loads and loads of practice loads and loads of money mm. loads like do you get what I mean so um yeah and loads of loads of patience and it's good definitely for people that have a lot of spare time I think yeah. makeup might be a bit easier to break into but um at the same time people can decide they want to do their own makeup whereas some people just can't do hair to save their life and that's why they need hairdressers yeah. so it really mm. just it really just depends but I would say makeup is definitely easier um I think hair kind of comes naturally to me but then where um where things like refining and where lace is involved, those are things that need to be learned and taught, kind of thing. Mm. So things like yeah. braiding can come naturally to you. Sometimes you can make up like your own things to make it look neat or whatever. And mm-hmm. but then when it comes to things like wigs and frontals, it's things that you actually physically learn. So I find that I have to be definitely on the ball um when it comes mm. to the hair industry. So I'd say um so I'd say makeup is probably easier and it's it's it might be quicker money, although selling hair is probably the best money rather than even just doing it, to be honest. But yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, you saved my life during uni. I was thinking back, because obviously I can't corner my own hair. So, like, even... Ugh, you know when you say, oh, let me just do a simple hairstyle for myself? Ugh, I I had no clue. I was like, I can't even do simple cornrows. So am I supposed to even be able to do hairstyles that make sense? But I remember how they used to do, like, even because yeah, I don't yeah. really do braids. and I don't really do braids anymore. But even when I do, like, the... Yeah. I remember my Beyonce... Is it um lemonade braids? Oh gosh, I love those braids, man. But um, yeah, hold on. And I remember, like, I think it was my. This was like almost three years ago now. So how? Okay, I must say how old I was. But basically, that birthday where I did like a little, oh, I don't even know what to call it. But I just did like a dinner slash party kind of thing in one restaurant. Let me not even talk about that restaurant, but. That hair and that makeup, I just said, you know what, I'm just happy. And I look, I still look back on those pictures, yeah, and I'm just like, leave it looks so beautiful. Honestly, like, you don't know. There's a leave out. Probably, I can't even remember now. Maybe, yeah, it probably it was. was in there. I don't it even know. Yeah, it probably was leave out. I don't know what my hair would have been looking at. You know, that was where like Brian is not. Let's just not the most multicultural place, and it is. Yeah, for black people, it's a struggle with it. Like I'll say, if you don't have like resources or access to like um black businesses that can help you out, you will definitely struggle. So even when it came to like food and stuff, like you had to know the right places to go. I remember there was this. What was it called? It was. I think it was on. Is it Lewis Road? What's that long road? It's Lewis Road, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That is like a... I think... I, I'm pretty sure the owner was like Ghanaian. I can't remember what the name of the shop was. It was like an African... um, Like an African shop where you could buy all like, your stuff that you needed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can see Maggie. I can see no cubes. Oh, no, nah, I was gassed. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah. Was it that's it that's it i was thinking why can't i forget remember yeah, it it's, yeah it's nigerian was it i swear nah the, the man was i'm pretty sure that was a Ghanaian man that was there are you sure it's nigerian Nigerian, yeah. oh gosh i don't even know my nigerian people <laughs> i'm sure but i'm free because i felt like his accent was Ghanaian. It? i was convinced the man was Ghanaian. <laughs> but yeah dramatic was the plug definitely they even told expressions at one point so obviously you know with like coronavirus going on and all the like restrictions and stuff and social distancing that we have to do, how would you say it's like affected your work and like the beauty and hair industry? Like are you still having the same type of customers? Has your customers gone down? Like how are you finding it? Um, so yeah, like I mentioned before, um when I moved to Kent, the side hustle life was kind of slow one because I wasn't promoting myself two because um I was settling into work and so then I went into lashes so before um I think lashes were taken off um but then during corona I moved back down to London and actually to be fair um I guess during the thick of corona no one wanted to do anything because they were at home and I think there was a sort of a phase of everyone being like, okay, I'm going to take care of my natural hair now, which was good. Um, then I think when things started to lift, actually, I had, um, I had baby 
baby showers I had depending on if you got caught or not really <laughs> I've had weddings <laughs> I've had um, wow <laughs> I've had weddings I've had birthdays I've had christening um mostly makeup um then I sort of had to relaunch on the hair bit because I was doing mostly mm-hmm. makeup for a while I had to sort of relaunch on the hair bit so I sort of relaunched on braids so I've had a few people with braids um mm. so yeah it hasn't been too bad it's more like I feel if I was to get my content well get good content first of all and then sort of put it out there in a good way I probably still would be fine but I would say um compared to compared to how it was the beginning of the year I have I definitely had more of a variety of customers than I did um when I was in Kent just because I've moved back down to London yeah so yeah location is quite important as well um when it comes to the hair and beauty and like just anything in general because I think even painted by Esther what started off in Manchester and she moved down to London because that's where the opportunities were so yeah so it's location is quite important as well but wherever you are you can excel though to be fair yeah so definitely what would you say are like your top three must-have products whether it be like beauty or like hair like what's like something that you say yes definitely like without these top three things like basically you can't look put together or you can't have good skin like what would you say is like the top three things that you use a lot what do you mean for each category or like all bunched up into one well it depends how you want to do it. I personally, I'd prefer you to do it like different categories just because I feel like you can't really just decide a holy girl for one category. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would be good to just kind of Take it have the top three, yeah, top three for each and kind of talk about them and why you like them. Okay. Um. I guess we'll start with the base. So base being skin. Um, I think you definitely need an exfoliating acid. So yeah, of your choice. Um, you definitely need a good cleanser and a good moisturizer, literally. So I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> that's very broad, isn't it? So I basically, <laughs> I like, I basically said soap and cream. But um, <laughs> in other words, um, okay. So mine would be let's just say let's do it that way. Mine would be like CeraVe um, hydrating cleanser. Um, I yeah. really like that cleanser, and then an exfoliating acid. I quite like the ordinary lactic acid, but I've gotten into oh, I use like, that. Yeah, I've gotten into like ones that are slightly stronger, but that's a good um, sort of starting point. And your yeah. sunscreen. Because as long as if you're exfoliating, you cannot not use sunscreen. You can't miss out. So that's how you get high, high. Is it hyperpigmentation? Exactly. That's how it makes it worse. Um, And niacinamide is a holy grail. That helps. What is it? Niacinamide. Is that like an acid or? Um, it's. 
it's like not expected. Yeah, it comes out more like a serum, and it helps like with okay. oil control and stuff. So it's not, it's not an acid, or you can use it after an acid, for example. It's not um, anything you have to like use on its own, and it can be used every day. It's very gentle on the skin too, and I think okay. that's really helped um, balance my skin out. To be fair, and so I quite enjoyed mm. that. I've even finished it, and I never finish anything. So there's that skin and makeup or so lip gloss. Mm. Lip gloss. Um what would I wear if I didn't wanna I'd actually just wear lip gloss. I might put on mascara but I hate washing off mascara. Oh my gosh, yeah. Absolutely hate washing off mascara. So it doesn't come you off. End up looking like, you end up looking like a raccoon. Yeah, at the it just end. doesn't come off. So, like, the next. Oh, I don't like it. So, um, mm, I'd say a good pair of lashes or. Yeah. Um, yeah, a good pair of lashes or a good lash tech. Mm. Whichever you choose. And also. Um, eyebrows so yeah so eyebrow yeah. pencil no, me, I've always... when I say eyebrows that that is all encompassing so eyebrow <laughs> pencil and concealer <laughs> so yeah, yeah skin tone you can't, do, you can't do one without the other it's not going to look right people do you see but, um, you've seen the people in Brighton people nah. do <laughs> people 100% do. oh oh it's not now until I started using concealer under my brows I you, you just noticed the difference I said no yeah no, I'm never going back again even if you try it's skin tone concealer under the brows it just looks nice yeah. and neat and yeah yeah so my I would say Definitely. my favorite lashes are tatty lashes in TL7 they're really nice and fluttery so let me just plug you guys real mm. quick I hope they're not as expensive ones because. Well, what's expensive? I think that's relative, isn't it? Okay, that's what I was gonna say. But I'm not spending ten pounds on a pair of lashes. It's just not happening. Seven. <laughs> How about seven? Seven on one. Okay, is it like long lasting? Well, if you if you don't want to spend that much, then just use AliExpress. But you will wait for about a month or two. So. But at least. Also, at least with um, maybe if it's like a like a an occasion, maybe if I'm like getting married, that might be the only time I may use ten pound lashes, yeah. but not just for fun. Because no, I've found some really nice AliExpress cheap ones. But... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it just takes long to come. So that's usually when people repackage these AliExpress ones and sell it. You're you're paying for how quickly you're gonna get it. First of all. And they're paying yeah. for the packaging, not necessarily the lashes, because AliExpress will mm. take like a month or so to come in. So, yeah. Unless you've got a plug, this, you know, yeah. they'll let us the plug. <laughs> <laughs> what about hair products? Oh, hair products on your wig or on your natural hair? Let's go natural hair in it because okay. it's all about the natural right now. Natural hair, um, 
I really like my Shea Moisture Jamaican Black Plus Oil Shampoo. Um, it's really gentle, but it is mm. cleansing as well. Um, that one. Yeah. My other ride or die would be Shea Butter. Shea Butter. Um, for that's like that's like a sealing my hair. That's like the base. That's like yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's really yeah. Good. Shea Butter. I feel like every every person with natural hair should have Shea Butter. Yeah, it's it's really it's really nice. I I really like it for my hair. Every time I stray from it, and then I go back, I'm like, oh yeah, why did I even stop? Um, so Shea Butter and Castor Oil kind of do the same thing for my hair. To be fair, um, in terms of sealing, yeah. but Castor Oil can go on the scalp too. Um and also leave in conditioner. Um I really like my Camille Rose Revitalizing Hair Smoother, I think it's called. Okay. Yeah, I really like that. You can get those like look fantastic. Nowadays you can get the American products everywhere. I remember when they used to be so expensive when you go to the hair shop, like twenty pounds just because of like the fact that it's from America or something. But yeah, look fantastic has those. Has that hair products? Okay. Yeah, I think those would be my top um, three. That's really good. Um, I'm trying to think. What would you recommend? So, like, let's say you like obviously some a lot of people like don't like have their hair out much, mm-hmm. but when they do have their hair out, they feel like it's like very like dry and you know. Just not easy to manage. What would you recommend in terms of like making hair really soft? Would you say shea butter like really the go-to, or is there anything else someone can do to like make their hair really um, moisturize when they do have it out? So yeah, the reason why it's dry, it's because or brittle, is because it's not well moisturized. Um, what I would say is they should look at their moisturizing process. So. Mm. Um, it all comes down to chemistry at the end of it because you have the hair shaft and you're supposed to put your moisturiser on that so moisturiser, the best moisturiser is always going to be water Yeah. and then you put on heavier things that are going to keep that moisture on the hair so if your hair's yeah. already dry and you go and put shea butter on it it might feel soft but the hair itself is actually still dry and can still break even though you've put a layer of um thick butter on there what that then means is if you go and put water on top of that water and oil don't mix so Mm. you'll find that your hair won't still not be moisturized and your the water will sit on top of the butter so you kind of Mm. have to look at your process and i think depending on what you prefer LOC method or LCO, so that's leave in no liquid, oil and cream. Um, yeah. so where your liquid is water, or it could be aloe vera gel if you don't have water near you. But aloe vera gel is ninety nine percent water anyway. And mm. then your oil, which I would use probably castor oil or olive oil, and then I'd put um shea butter on there as well on top. And then, yeah, yeah, just do it that way. So I think make sure you've got at least the L and the C in there or the L yeah. and the O. Just make sure there's 
some form of water and some form of a sealant on there and then you can use like your gel and stuff like that and I find that when I use my gel on top of all that it sort of helps my hair um lay down more flat because my hair's already um heavy so then it just makes your curls sort of drop a bit so it's a bit easier to manage um so yeah I would say that 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 would be my tip either that or just tuck away your ends make sure you've trimmed your ends um because your hair can feel dry because um it's knotting on itself single strand knots Mm. which we all get and knotting on itself and just won't feel smooth so yeah you need to also make sure your hair is regularly when I say regularly probably two or three times you'd get a trim in a year um yeah I haven't I haven't trimmed my hair actually in a while but I'm still transitioning kind of so yeah that's really good advice actually like yeah definitely I'll say trimming I'm going to see change my hair in terms of like even I don't know why because every time I go to my head she's always like the more I trim your hair it seems like the more your hair is just growing yeah it's so strange because you think oh I'm cutting my hair down so it's like it should technically be less hair yeah but no your hair has more room to grow and even what then does grow does actually stay on your hair exactly exactly so it just tangles less as well which is really good but, oh yeah, know. how long is your hair now? You, everybody, lose hair is tick. <laughs> tick with it. It's not <laughs> thick. It's tick. Like tick. If my if my hair was a woman, I'd be a BBW. Honestly. Tick. God. <laughs> Too much hair on us. I said. I always say. You know, I say to you, oh, it's thick, but I want it to be long. Like that's what, that was always my thing. But now I'm more like actually. Healthy is my goal rather than long. As long as it's healthy, whatever length it is, I'm good. Because healthy hair, even if it's like long, if it's not healthy, it's not going to look nice anymore. So, but yeah, no, I, I so basically, uh, when I went to America, I basically did not cut my hair for a while. Mm. So I skipped on my like trims and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when Corona hit, I didn't trim my hair. I didn't even go to the hairdresser. So then when I went back, my last appointment, she was like, girl, girl. We need to trim because we were doing it gradually mm-hmm. initially because I had a lot of split ends because I'd just been avoiding it. Then she was like, Yeah, girl, we need to get this in check. So I said, Okay, you know what? Let's just do it drastically. So I did cut off a little bit mm-hmm. um, just to get rid of the split ends because I was just tired of split ends. Mm-hmm. But like I said to you, every time she trims it, she feels like when I go back, it's, it's thicker and it's fuller. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I can't was really- that here or America? Um, so I did a trim in I did like one trim in America, like mm-hmm. before I left, and then when I moved, not moved, when I came back here, um, after like Corona, like basically after like the lockdown, I like lifted. I went to the hairdressers, and then she did like a treatment mm-hmm. and like a proper like cut. She like cut like most of it off, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I still have. Funny enough, even with all the cutting on most of it, she cut like. Let's say let's say hundred percent is my hair. She cut thirty percent of my hair. But even with that, I washed it today and hold it, I tell you it's still a lot of hair. I just said, what is going on here? So like what's one piece of advice you give to someone? Like it's like beauty. So like whether it be like a tip, 
or something that like basically you incorporate in your beauty routine? A tip that they'd incorporate into their beauty routine. It can be anything. So it can be like, oh, always like drink loads of water. Or like it could be any something that like helps you make helps make you feel more beautiful or like you you have in your beauty routine that you feel like if you don't do it, it kind of um I don't know, diminishes your beauty routine. Diminishes oh, bathing. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say bathing? <laughs> Um, can you imagine putting? Can you imagine putting makeup on your face and you haven't had a shower? Oh, hmm. bro, the embarrassment. People, <laughs> I've seen um some people like do their makeup before their shower. You know, maybe I don't know. I can't. Can't relate. <sighs> I don't know. It just feels weird. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. But yeah, like, and they like the steam to like get onto it. Like you know how your face will set over time but yeah they sort of let that happen before they leave the house kind of thing yeah i've heard of that before mm. never tried it though because i felt like I've, i'd feel yucky but yeah mm. um hmm i would say one thing it's gonna sound so cliche guess what i'm gonna say Oh, it's not like love yeah. yourself. Ah, you got it. <laughs> oh my god, you <laughs> so cliche. Have you seen the face I'm making now? Yeah. <laughs> but you're gonna have to because nothing else is gonna make you like more naturally beautiful than you already are, apart from loving yourself. Jeez. That's a quote. <laughs> No, nothing nothing really is gonna help but i would say okay skincare is the best care i'd say that mm. skincare is the best care you only mm. get one skin you can buy multiple foundations but you only get one skin so i would say treat that first and everything mm. else will fall into place trust me because when, when your skin Definitely. is okay or like you're getting more comfortable in your skin and things you just do your hair and you go, you just do your eyebrows and go, like, when you feel the need for makeup. Um, and then also, when your hair is nice and your skin is nice, then you just keep it moving. That's how people start to talk about natural beauty. <laughs> mm. People that mm. can't look past the outside, like... yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say, there's nothing like waking up and feeling beautiful, like, even with nothing on, honestly, yeah. like oh god like that's why for me i feel like i'm trying to like invest more in my actual like yeah. natural beauty yeah. so like my skin and my hair because it's like you could put all the makeup on you want you could put all the yeah, weave wash it off. your head you know them one and it's like not gonna last. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with it then do you know what i mean like it's sad yeah. So I think our generation, obviously, because I feel like us growing up, because we're hold around the same age, us growing up, we had to love our natural skin because that's all we had. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. weren't allowed to do all these like elaborate makeup, yeah. like looks and everything. So we the most I had was doing is lip gloss. So I put even though like that vitamin of Vaseline will go on my lips, on my eyelids, yeah. um, <laughs> put it on my lashes. Literally, it was Vaseline was my makeup. Like it was. <laughs> you know what? When I think about it, one it. thing that I always did, even from childhood, was put on like 
lip gloss or some form of lip ointment on my skin before, um, on my um, lips before I went to bed. I hated waking and I mm. loved waking up with like plump lips. Like still, even now, just before bed, I always put on <laughs> whether it's Vaseline, whether it's lip gloss. Like usually, so sometimes when I'm like on a FaceTime, people are like, why are you wear like, did you put it on just for the FaceTime? I'm like, no, this is regular, regular behaviour, honey. <laughs> I've been doing it, sonny. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just always been a thing. I really just don't like dry lips. Even though, like, you can see them with dry lips in it, but don't watch that. But the whole point is not to have them. So I try my best <laughs> not to. Mm. So, yeah. That's one thing I love doing. Mm, that's a, me, I'm, I'll say, like, for me, I feel like um, sleep is really important as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we we kind of... We... Always on the go, our culture. We... What'd you say? And then our culture is always on the go, like... Yeah, I was going to say, we don't really think about the effects of lack of sleep mm-hmm. on our body like sleep especially your skin like you can already see like um what's it called like bags in your eyes sometimes you'll be more prone to like getting like pimples and stuff mm-hmm. so like lack of I promise you like in terms of like looking younger looking fresher um having a better like even like your yeah just like your skin and having like a better like um a better, more natural look to you, I feel like skin makes all the difference. I feel like even, like, that's how, like, wrinkles and all those things, like, start to, like, form. Obviously, if you're going to get wrinkles, you're going to get wrinkles anyway. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sleeping well will, like, do wonders for your face. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's what I'll definitely say. Like, I even notice, like, if I don't, like, if there's... Because, obviously, I work... So, like, the shifts I work are all over the place. Mm -hmm. So, especially when I do night shifts, I really find it hard to do during the day. So I noticed that my skin doesn't look as great yeah. as when I've like got like a full eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, those night shifts are. Uh, my mom was a nurse, and even till date, she retired. She retired what maybe seven, eight years ago, and till date, mm-hmm. she doesn't eat in the daytime because she would have done night duty and she would have come back, slept throughout the day to go again at night. Mm. Her, her eating pattern completely. So when does she eat? In the night. <laughs> wow. Wait, so when she was on night duty, she'd eat in the night? Yeah. In like, so would she eat before she went to so work? I'd eat before she went to work and then eat on her breaks, isn't it? Because you guys do like 8 to 8 or 8 to 7 in the morning. Yeah. And then on her breaks and things. So that's when she's also awake nowadays. Mm. Um, yeah. Because... In her night shift, that was when she had to be awake, isn't it? So, yeah. Mm. Now she's just awake in the night, sleeping in the morning. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would say yeah. definitely make sure you get some balance in there. You haven't got children at the That's moment. fascinating. So there's no reason to kill yourself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, God. That's the one thing about having kids. Can you imagine? Lack of sleep. Hey. Children. I'm just hoping by the time I have my kids, I won't be in this profession because I me, mean, I can't. I can't imagine running on what's it called, lack of sleep from work already, and then now thinking about, oh god, 
but then obviously yeah, if, it, if the kid if the child is really young obviously then you'll be at home initially but eventually you have to go back to work so i'm just praying to god that by that point i would have got myself together and not have to be doing the job i'm doing So I wanted to talk about the beauty industry and the lack of diversity when it comes to the products available for black women um, and talking about like black influencers and black fishing um, and whether people actually support black businesses in the way they should with all this. Because, you know, there was all this whole thing about Black Lives Matter, so then now we've got to actually put our money where our mouth is and make sure that we're supporting the black businesses. Because obviously we all know that the black pound, the black dollar doesn't really stay in the community. Kind of, I think it's it's an estimate of six to seven hours before it goes to another community, which is crazy when you compare it to like Asian communities of like, theirs is like almost the whole month. And then the Jewish community is like 28 days or something like that. So yeah, it's I feel like it's definitely a conversation worth talking about. And in that, I wanted to ask you, why do you think, you know, or do you think that people don't support black businesses? And if they don't, why do you think that is? And do you think that is it is important to support black businesses? Okay, so why don't people support black businesses? Um, I think the thing I've heard um mostly is our quality of service mm. um i would say our quality mm. of product is actually like good our yeah. quality of service just customer service yeah Ooh. customer service just reduces the whole bag and you'd be so surprised at how much people um how much people really look into customer services and Mm. I mean you have to think about it why do normal retail shops have that as a whole like role why is it like a whole Mm. thing like do you know what I mean so it's something we need to look into um as a people to be honest because yeah our customer service is not great like even me um I think that's one thing when it came to like having a brand that I definitely made sure that I wanted to keep top notch. So mm. there was never any dull days with my customers. They were able to access me as as and what well, not as and when, but as and when everyone was available. Um, yeah. Also, the way we like speak to each other, good make sure there's good communication um and sort of make sure the customer's like happy before they leave your presence so for a simple example was um if it came to like wigs and things so if um I had to buy hair or they were buying hair from me or whatever it was they'd pay half and then they'd pay the other half after we've done the service done the fitting and they've left and they're happy with it and I might style for free or whatever even though people wouldn't have known that 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 in itself styling in itself is a service when it comes to even um hairdressing nowadays like 
they'll be like, well, it's going to be £15 extra if you want curls or whatever. But mm. certain things you throw in and people really um, appreciate and they know yeah. when they go elsewhere and that's when they always come back. So that's what I experienced. Mm. Um, and I would say, so it's something I definitely looked into. Um, I would also say our timing. Punctuality. Preach! even applies to me I think I was I was really good when I went back to camp but now that corona has hit I'm starting to get back into my equilibrium trying to hit (laughs) and go back to my normal form (laughs) your true self (laughs) (laughs) you know like that but um yeah punctuality is definitely one um and also I think um being aware of your surroundings and just being able to network and connect and share things Mm. um small businesses are running as like silos they're not talking to each other they're not promoting each other well nowadays they are but you know before they're not promoting each other um they're not they're not sort of um communicating with each other to know okay maybe you guys should have your prices around the same or you should undercut here or you should um go above price here or whatever things like that and I think that might be why even um black influencers might be underpaid because they're not talking Hmm. to each other and everyone's taking the money that they're getting so the companies are looking at you like yeah I could give her 200 pounds and I can give the white counterpart £1,000 because all the white people know that actually it's £1,000, but the black people aren't talking to each other, so I can give them less and no one will know. Um, so that's usually what happens. And that's I think that's just come from a culture of um, not wanting to share information, really. Because I, th- I think mm. it's, really, it's really strange. Like I sometimes wish that I was really in the industry and promoted myself because I feel like, the way I conduct myself is a bit different. For example, at uni, there were there came a time where I just wasn't on doing braids. It took too much time and I needed all that time for my learning. So I'd rather do a weave. I'd rather do a wig. It's quicker. It's easier money than doing braids. But I knew people that were doing braids. And so I'd recommend those people rather than saying, oh, yeah, I don't know anyone doing braids. Sorry, I don't do braids or just leaving it at that, I'd let them go somewhere else um, and show them pictures or recommend a different braidist um, for those things. So, you know, it's things like that, I think, that make it very difficult. Um, So, yeah, so I'd say one, communication, two, networking, three, customer service. This isn't in all, but yeah, customer service and also, like, punctuality. Hmm. Um, I definitely agree with you. Um, I feel like a lot of the problems I've had with some black businesses um, have definitely been to do with punctuality, lack of customer service and lack of communication in terms of not communicating certain things. And then later on, you find out something that they should have told you from the beginning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, um, I feel like customers like to know everything up front. They don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. So when you, let's say for example, that like you did a hairstyle on someone mm-hmm. and at the end of it, 
you said to them, oh, it's going to cost you da 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 for this, when you know it's a vital part of the hairstyle, but you never told them from the get-go. Like, how do you think the customers are then going to feel, knowing that you could have told them this so they could have at least decided for mm-hmm. themselves if they wanted to go ahead with the hairstyle mm-hmm. but then later on you then tell them and it's like it's like a surprise and it's, people don't like surprise people like to know what they're paying for up front kind of thing. honestly <laughs> god and i also say definitely lack of communication in terms of like when you say you're going to do something by a certain point and it hasn't happened mm-hmm. if you don't communicate why it hasn't happened or you don't like basically tell them what's going on like they don't like to feel left out like people like to know what's going on yeah. people like to know okay cool you're she's making my wig but because this has happened it's going to be a bit delayed do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like they need they, people people want to know what's going on with their products the they don't want so you, they want it yeah ahead, sorry, sorry. i was gonna say they don't want they don't want to have to like chase like, you know like i feel like basically i'm not gonna lie a, a few black businesses black businesses that i've worked with mm-hmm. The part of the problem is you feel like you're doing them a favor where it's like actually i'm a customer yeah. so i'm putting money in your account kind of thing yeah. so i'm not saying that obviously i i've never ever had the belief that the customer's always right mm-hmm. however i do believe that you kind of have to show the customer that their money is valued yeah. they, there's a million other people that could have chosen to do the service that they've asked you to do yeah. but they chose you kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so um i agree and I think everyone or every small business, I think, has probably had um, such a problem. But it's usually how you deal with it that's the issue. So I can yeah. give like a typical example. One of my clients, um, she asked for a bob wig, and um, so I was cutting it, and I sort of showed her the length it was, and I said, "Is this the length that you want?" Um, and she said, no, I want it exactly this length. And she showed me a picture. When it got to her, it was shorter than what it was. And she said, this is not the length that I wanted, etc. Now, there's two ways you could have gone about it. Because at that point, she had paid me the money already. At that point, I could have said, well, I showed you and, you know, this is what we agreed or whatever. It just depends on how you went about it at that particular stage. But at that point... I said, well, to be fair, I cut it to the length that you wanted, but based on different shape, face shapes and things, things come out longer, shorter, whatever it is. So what I decided to do was, okay, fine. I'd happily um, get something, get something ready for you by the time that you need it, and you can give me the other wig back, and we can sort something out. In the absence of that. I could probably come and style your hair, whatever hair you have to end up using, um, Mm. just because here it's clearly my fault that maybe it was cut too short or it was cut too long or whatever. So it's usually how you deal with it that makes the difference because at that point, you've kind of left the person with no no other choice sometimes. Yeah. So it's usually Mm. how you deal with it. Um, But I've, yeah, I've heard loads of, loads of stories like I've heard too many stories there was even one recently that I was told as well that the hairdresser didn't um give the girl what what did she do she hadn't made she hadn't made the wig the bundles hadn't come through and it was the girl's um birthday hair 
then the frontal bundle was like 10 inches and the other bundles at the back of her head was like I think 20 or so inches so what the girl had and it was this was straight hair so you couldn't even get away with it what the girl had to do was she went to a whole new hairdresser they put the wig on her and cut it into a bob wow like the 20 inches and they cut it into a bob for her birthday imagine not having envisioned that hairstyle at all to having to do it regardless because of someone's like negligence so yeah that's stressful the thing is like yeah I wouldn't say white companies or white business owners um are I I can't say they're better because I've never been to like a white hair company or anything like that but I think they may have dealt with it a little bit different but then Mm. yeah it could be that stereotype in my head that they would have dealt with it a little bit different that might even be the problem with black people in general but it's just no I feel like make people decide yeah I'm not going back or I'm not gonna do that again I'm just gonna go to no hold on I feel like I feel like there's definitely a level of familiarity um when you're a black person using a black business sometimes mm-hmm. um let's say for example even like when we're younger um your mom will take you to this woman's house to go and get your hair braided mm-hmm. and you're there waiting hours and hours and it's not actually she's not She's not, either she's doing, she might be doing someone like an older person's hair before yours because the older person came after you. It's one of those things where, like, just because I'm younger doesn't mean I don't have time that you have to respect, number one. Or it could be a thing where, like, she's just on the phone talking bare long, wasting your time. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone comes to an appointment at three, there is no reason. Okay, let's say, okay, I'm not even three because I'm reasonable. Let's say I come at, um, 11am for my appointment there's no reason why I should still be there at 11pm and there's been times even as a child I had to sleep over the person's house just because the hairstyle <laughs> looks so obviously obviously certain hairstyles take a long time but there's never a reason if you tell me it's going to take four or five hours then let it take what do you say now saying the things they were doing in between isn't it hello can you hear me yeah it should you should not be stopping my hair and doing someone else's yeah 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 don't stop my hair and don't do someone else's hair and they make me have to stay overnight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you actually kidding me? Unless, to be honest, when we were young, the hairstyles that we were doing was no, they were not extravagant. They were not anything that should have taken the whole journey, the whole day. Yeah. I remember we called them on, it's like, what's going on? Haven't, haven't, haven't you, haven't, like, haven't said you've done your hair and trying to speak to a lady and stuff. But it's like all these excuses, like, that's the one thing I, I didn't like growing up, like, all these excuses and stuff. So that's why when I have, like, a, punctual um hairdresser mm-hmm. or hairstylist like I really appreciate it because I remember all the times I used to wait for hours for my hair to get done mm-hmm. and even I'm sure even guys can relate having to go to the barber shop and waiting hours and hours mm-hmm. just to cut get a haircut it's ridiculous mm-hmm. it's honestly ridiculous don't get me wrong like I feel like there's definitely a lot of like really good black businesses I'm not trying to knock knock all black is what I am saying is that there's certain themes that I'm sure a lot of us can agree on mm-hmm. that you know we've had to deal with mm-hmm. um with that and even what's even crazy is like recently I even bought like some makeup brushes um from this black owned um, makeup company and this is me trying to be all supportive of black you know businesses and stuff but but number one when the brushes came they were not even the brushes I ordered and I didn't realise that until 
So basically, huh? How did you realize? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So like they have different sets in it. So mm-hmm. I hadn't, I, I didn't open my order um, because of Corona and I was so busy. I wasn't even going anywhere. So what did I need make a brush for? <laughs> I didn't even open my order until almost two months after. Yeah. Right. So when I opened it, I had to look. I didn't even, I forgot, I even forgot what I ordered. I was just like, okay, cool. Let me wash my makeup brushes. Wash them. And it was like a, so like two black ones and it was just bare like the water was just bare black and I just kept washing and washing and washing it and the water wouldn't rinse clear. I said, what kind of makeup brush is this that is just rinsing out black water? It's just I know it's a dye probably, but it's like what am I supposed to do with that? Like is it every time I wash it, my sticker's gonna become black? Like what's going on here? So I said actually and then when I washed if I said if I said you had the bristles looked, hold on. <laughs> the bristles literally they were like divorced they were from left like literally they were all separated going in different directions i said what is going on here and the way i wash makeup brushes i washed them in like i tried to wash them like i, I tried to wash the brush like close to each other like the bristles close to each other right because you don't want to ruin the pattern of the bristles you want to like maintain it so there's no reason why the brush the bristles sh- should be like going from north south east west. i said what's going on here and then I said, actually, is this what I ordered? So I looked on my order. I just, let me see, let me just compare the brushes to what I ordered. I said, this is ridiculous. I was going to write a complaint letter to them. <laughs> so I looked, I was like, this is not even what I ordered. Like, I feel like out of all the brushes, there was only one in the set that was correct. All the others were wrong. I said, this is not, you guys are so good at this. So I wrote my email and I said, I said to them, I said, dear, da 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 da. This is a customer service, isn't it? So but, let me just explain why I was pissed. Because first of all, their phone number wasn't going through. Second of all, they didn't answer me for days on the customer service. And the only reason why they answered me on the email is because I complained to PayPal. I was like, "This is what's happened. Can you um, can you yeah. can you solve this? Like, well, this is not acceptable." So the exact same email I sent to them, their customer service is the same one I sent to PayPal, but they only responded to the PayPal once it saw us through PayPal. So I said, I was like, dear, da, 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 da. this, basically, I said, I sent them a picture of what I ordered and what they sent me. I said, when I, I said, I ordered this on this day. When I washed it out, this is what happened. This is how the bristles look. I am not happy because these brushes were not cheap. So why should I order these brushes? And then number one, you sent me the wrong thing. Number two, the quality is really bad. And then number three, and this was falling out as well. And then number three, um, I don't know what number three is because I'm going on a rant now. <laughs> but basically, I just was not happy with it. Then one of their employees, <laughs> now I don't know if it's a, I don't know what a racist person is, but based on the name, I would guess she's not. She's, I, she's probably like a white person. I don't even know. But what, I don't even care what race you are. She was like, said to me, oh, um so like it's been um two months now since you ordered that why didn't you say anything when you received the order da, da, da. and I was like I said to her I literally did not even open my packaging until later on huh what'd you say no I say that's not the point I said I didn't open it because obviously I was busy and I didn't have a reason to even why am I using makeup brushes to go out where to go to where how am I supposed to know that when I opened it and washed my brushes and after I washed it is when I realized actually wait a minute this is the wrong set you sent me Mm. and they were just like oh well well it's been two months now so if anything we would be doing you a favor by 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 sending you out new brushes I was like 
Who even told you? I said, I don't even want your brushes. I just want my money back. Who even told you I want new brushes? Like, <laughs> give me my money back. And it's, why is it, I said today, why is it taking until um when I've basically um contact, contacted PayPal mm-hmm. for you guys to sort out this case? And they were like, oh, um, they were like, oh, sorry for the confusion there. They eventually apologized, sorry for the confusion there, but then if you close the case on PayPal, we'll send you the, the right brushes. Which is obviously I'm I'm glad that they eventually decided to resolve it in that way. But you don't know what I used to realise all this extra chat and all this stress you guys are giving me. Like why were you doing all that? Yeah. You just you could have just apologized and just sent sent the right thing out. And that's why sometimes even though like saying like um white owned companies, that's something I appreciate about them because when they're in the fault, they can just acknowledge and accept it. They don't. You don't get all this like back channel, this rubbish. Like I don't want to. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you guys have already annoyed me enough. I shouldn't have to go through PayPal to contact you, and then for you to now be saying, "Oh, why did you da 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 da?" Just run my peas back or get me get me the right product. Like why is it so stressful? But yeah, man. But even I'll say like looking at like Lydia Dinger's, um, you know who Lydia Dinger is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like a YouTuber. Yeah. But looking at her most recent like YouTube video, um, where she's done like a video, like uh um holiday video, but she's like basically worn like lots of like black owned mm. um brands and she's really like supported. Like it's just nice to see stuff like that. And I understand the importance of it in terms of like making sure that um the economy of black people is supported. Because it's one of those things where, like, if we don't support our own, like, who's going to support us kind of thing? So I feel like, yes, I have my own issues with some businesses, but I feel like when you find a really good one, it's just actually share and support as well. Like, put your money where your mouth is. Like, don't just, like, say, oh, Black Lives Matter and all that rubbish, but you're not putting your piece towards Black people. Yeah. The thing I find, though, with um, Black businesses sometimes is they will treat the influencers like better than their regular customers that got them there in the first place with reason which is within reason which is good to an extent because the influencer has reach but like I've been I there's a particular um lash tech that I even can still go to like I love her work but I can count how many times I've booked an appointment and she's like said oh I have an emergency or oh this can't happen and the most recent one was just before the wedding that I went to and she was she sent me a message in the morning even that was the quickest time I think other times she's told me like within the hour when I've traveled from Kent to East London or from South London to East London and I'm in East London and she says oh actually I can't do it today or can we reschedule or and I'm like seriously I paid you okay just give me back the money kind of thing even the most recent one I paid in full before I got there and luckily she told she sent me the message at like 10 a.m I think my appointment was for um 1 30 um 10 a.m saying oh she can't she can't do it an emergency has come up blah 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 so we can we reschedule for the next day and I was like well the wedding's the next day so no but um I said we can reschedule for another day but I've already paid full price so 
And the thing is with her is, um, you know, nowadays yeah. lash techs charge extra for hours after five, which is mostly when people are going to do their lashes anyway, because they work. Yeah. Um, and she charges extra for weekends. So it just would have been a bit like too much of a hassle to sort of fit me in there and then give it to me for free kind of thing. So she was just like, well, I just send the money back. That's fine. But then I saw that she was doing lashes for an influencer and I was like, really? Really? Like, that was wow. your emergency? Like, <laughs> you know? So I was just like, anyway, wow. Emergency and stuff. I think so so I go, I go back because I'm very particular about my lashes. And that's the other thing. Like, if you're really good at your craft, you can kind of say no matter what the person will go back to you but sometimes like you can easily lose customers with that kind of attitude so sometimes I even thought do you know what does she see my name and think oh this babe no nah, man I'm not gonna <laughs> like I'm just thinking what why is it always me we've talked about you know the problems that arise when you try to support a black business um, and why some people might find it more difficult to support black businesses but why do you feel like it's important to support a black business Um, because that's the only way the black community is going to grow and um would i say gain respect really um in this country money talks and i guess that's that's probably where we're lacking really and that's why even if we're tiered, we're tiered even below Asians because Asians tend to have um, good education and money. This is true. When it comes down to it. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, I think I completely agree. I think it's really important. Especially in the place, in the place that's not yours. What'd you say? I said, especially in the place that's not your your country of origin. Like, yeah. Yeah, but that's a whole other topic. But I do feel like, generally, Africans are quite, I don't know about Caribbeans, but Africans are quite entrepreneurship because I feel like they always have to make do of what they have. So I feel like they're always trying to find ways to make money anyway. I don't feel like this is something that, like, is a, a worldwide problem. But what I do feel in the Western world, we're very behind in terms of, in comparison to our peers. And even when, like, as you were talking about earlier, like, Black influencers and seeing how some are just paid a lot more less than their white counterparts. Like, for example, Anella Rose mm-hmm. can be, you know, having, like, what, 400,000 sub- subscribers, mm-hmm. doing all she's doing, um, popular on Instagram and everything, but a brand can come with her and say, oh, we'll pay you, let's say, £1,000 for a, an advert, whereas someone with half the subscribers, half the engagement, might get, like, 5000 for mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, why... Um, like why do you think brands try to do that yet they'll say oh wait we stand in solidarity with black people like why why would they do that when they know like the importance of putting money into a community is it because they can get away with it is it because like what do you think the reason why it's a business is a business and you want to cut your losses where you can Mm. and so you know, they'd they'd almost be it would almost be counterproductive for them. So what they should do is maybe offer more money, but it'd be counterproductive for them to not gauge how much the person thinks they're worth before giving them the money or even offering them more. Um 
and yeah, cut their losses really, make more profit. If they're paying a black influencer two hundred pounds, something they pay a white influencer a thousand pounds for, they've made an eight hundred pound saving that they can put elsewhere. So, um, yeah, but I think that that's the reason why, when it comes down to it, business is business, really. And that's why I say it's like down to the community to communicate with each other. Nah, do you think us as black people are kind of a bit more private with our earnings and not letting the next person have the same opportunities that we have? Or like, what do you think? Like, why do you think we're not as open with? Um, might come down to um different cultures. Um, someone's always trying to have a one up on someone else. Um, it may also come down to the fact that um certain things are taboo to talk about uh, all they want to hear about is education really no one really wants you to they want you to know how much money you have by what you see but they're not going to tell you this is how much I earn and I think that's that's a British culture thing as well actually um just don't talk about money don't talk about um how much you make and things like that at work and stuff it's already it's already a thing so I think it just continues from there as well. Yeah, I completely get what you mean. And I've also seen, you know how, like, the whole, like, black fishing thing, basically, when, like, a black person, I'm not black person, a white person basically makes, some, makes themselves look black and then profits off that. What do you think about that? Is it problematic? Does it actually affect black beauty influencers? Um... You know, I haven't really looked into any of those cases to see. I don't know, how, how are they profiting off of it? I think white people like the tanned look in general. Um, mm. I think maybe lying about your race or maybe saying, you know what, actually, I'm mixed race. I don't know, to be honest. I can't say. I think it's... No. Um, I think I was gonna it's say, not good because, yeah. I was going to say, like, I, you know there's a difference between like tanned and actually trying to look like a different race like these women like I remember there's this lady I can't remember her name um, Emma Helberg Kalberg, oh, the one that curled her hair or something like that. basically like I looking at her that. looking at her normal look with straight hair white face like proper tan I mean proper pale compared to how she looks when she's black fishing it's like two different people it's like two different races and it's like I said there's one thing to be more tanned there's another thing to try to look like another race and when you see certain things like people changing yeah. their obviously people may say oh yeah but black women um black women change their hair and do all this and do all that but when normally in a, in our society it's not we're not we're the ones that are kind of like look down upon were the ones that have you oh, know um an issue in terms of like in, in what'd you say no in yeah, terms of like the beauty standards were the ones that are kind of like yeah in terms of the beauty standards were the, the ones that are kind of like looked down upon so it's kind of annoying when you then see somebody who is supposed to be the standard of beauty in the western culture then trying to look like us and capitalize off us do you know what i mean it's like 
He's even like, probably yeah. as problematic as like you know like the whole like black face and you know like brown face when people try to basically like dress mm-hmm. up in like outfits and like paint their faces brown or black like that's that's I feel like this is even as bad as that. And yes, obviously it's not as dramatic as it, but when you think about like all these brands who, who will then support women like Kim Kardashian, all you know, all these people who are looking exotic, um, when in reality they're not mm-hmm. that exotic. But because they have big bums now, because mm-hmm. they have um, what's it called? They have tanned um, brown skin because they have like curlier mm-hmm. hair it's kind of more acceptable now and then they're basically like getting like deals and stuff that it would have normally gone to a normal black person or even a mixed race person do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you don't want Mm -hmm. to give us the business but you are give someone who is white but is pretending to look mixed yeah Yeah, who's faking it like that's kind of like a slap in the face Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean Yeah, but, um, I get you. It's like you only want to be black when, when it suits you, kind of thing. Yeah, I was saying it is very problematic. Oh, and what I don't know is how to get around. Like we can come out on it, but at the end of the day, it's just it's very difficult. It's very difficult to to um, gauge or navigate that space. Like as a black person, mm-hmm. I think it the only way that can be solved is through the pressure of the public or people boycotting or you know things like that um and if we're not the majority spenders we're probably not going to have much of a say which is which then brings us back to just um supporting your black people in the first place so yeah, it's a one big cycle. Mm. And obviously, I was gonna say, like, finally, you know how you work in the beauty industry. Um, in terms of like, you know how the years have gone by, like the products for darker skin women has kind of increased. But I was gonna ask, why do you think um, mm. there's a culture of silence when it comes to providing beauty products for darker skin women? Like, why has it taken so long? for um yeah certain shades to come out and for these big brands to cater to our needs when like I was saying in the beginning of the episode we actually spend a lot of money on beauty products um like even all all these like um beauty hair shops and stuff and beauty um product um beauty 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 shops it's mostly black women you'll find in there so my question for you is why do you think we are being ignored so much when we're the ones spending the most money? Um because no one embarrassed the makeup companies, I think. Um it's only when they feel like yeah, it's only when they feel like they've been shamed that they will change. Mm. One, two even though things weren't there for us, we were still buying things and we were make doing with what they gave us. So it was yeah. like, oh, why change it? Mm. Um, and so then also when competition starts to do it and they realise it's impacting their sales, then that's when they'll start doing it. And I think yeah. that's just basically what propelled it um, to get... That's very true. I completely agree. Um, I remember like, 
I remember social going media, to the beach with social media. It was it's much easier to either embarrass or like call out a company on what they don't have or what they do have, and for it to reach a number of people. Whereas before, word of mouth yeah. won't really do much to a whole company. So yeah. Hmm. Definitely. <laughs> I was gonna say that I remember like when I was younger going to like these big cosmetic stores and like seeing the there's bare like beige, bare tan, bare lighter colours. But then when it came to like the darker skin colours, like three options, I think to myself like you do know that black women come in all shades. Like we're not just mm-hmm. one shade and we have different undertones and stuff. So it's like, what are the people that are, you know, people that are in between or people that don't have a certain shade? Like they may, they might be like, just not, they're not, they're quite, they're not quite dark enough for this shade, but they're not quite light enough for this shade. Like what are they supposed to use then? And it's just really um, annoying that we had to spend so much more money because we couldn't find our colours and our shades in the, even like the drug stores, you couldn't find our shades there. And even when I still sometimes go to like super drug and stuff, I like I barely ever see shades for black women. I mean, obviously things have improved, don't get me wrong. They're trying, but it's like why is it taking you so long to pay attention to us? The other thing they do is um release shades based on location. So if you went to Croydon, you might find your shade, whereas the further out you go, you won't find it if they don't think it's going to sell in a particular place. Mm. So um, that's another thing. Um, What I did like about Brighton was that they had some darker shades, but you knew that you'd always get your shade when you get there because no one's buying it. Um, (laughs) As much as they would do in Croydon, for example. So if I wanted like brown lip liner there's this MUA lip liner that's like it was one pound I think now it's two pounds I just grab I just go and grab all 10 because I don't know one's gonna buy it and I can (laughs) do you know what I mean whereas in Croydon that would have been finished already so yeah Mm. but it's a shame that it's taken so long but yeah it, it takes them to to lose their money before um, these things come to light with them to be fair so and then finally I have one last question for you um what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in the industry um because I know it can be quite like a a difficult industry to break because obviously there's so much competition um and I feel like even like customer service is quite difficult as well in terms of like navigating how to keep a customer happy, but at the same time, how to keep your business profitable. So, how what would you, what advice would you give someone who's maybe trying to start their own um, small business doing hair, or like trying to become a lash tech, or even like trying to do makeup on the side for like events and stuff? Um, I would say, so it may come across as if the industry is saturated, which I won't say it's saturated, but there are definitely a lot of people in the business. I wouldn't see it as competition. I'd see it as inspiration, I think, because, mm. I mean, 
you can't yeah you can't compete with someone where you don't know the facts where you don't know their details and things so if anything see them as inspiration see them as someone you can learn from um I would say definitely keep up to date with new things that are happening in terms of let's just say new lace or a new way to put on lace or a way to pluck or just find what suits you um best but you always have to keep yourself up to date because it's forever forever changing and different techniques are prevailing you know all the time um I'd also say um maybe write down what you might need for the beginning um to start it out um be consistent in your in your promotions and things because that would really mm. help you even if you have a small following and they always engage with you that is what is important more important Definitely. than actually having a big following um mm. what else would i say um yeah just continue to continue to learn um make sure it's something you're passionate about because it's yeah. very easy to stop it's very easy to stop um very easy to sort of lose yourself Mm. and every time you do lose yourself you're gonna have to start off like as if it was the beginning again you kind of can't pick up where you left off when you like completely dropped Mm. the ball because there's so many people that can pick up your clients Mm. um and yeah I would say just make sure you give the best customer service so even if your clients do go somewhere else they come to you for a particular purpose for a particular reason then yeah then that's good I think that will be mm. it and yeah involve God with everyone your God what did I say but yeah involve God with everything um that's how you're God you know <laughs> uh, yeah, you, I don't know who's listening but one thing I, I wouldn't say even that that's something <laughs> that's I fair. did um and I think it's something yeah. that I'm looking to do, but I don't want to start um, praying for things and not finding the time to actually execute them properly. So I'm just being very um, strategic about what exactly I, I'm wanting. Um, but yeah, mm. I think that's something that's very important as well. Yeah. I feel like the stuff you've said is even like applicable to other businesses and stuff. It's not even like, um directly like mm-hmm. these two related these are things that you can apply if you're trying to start off maybe like a I don't know a t-shirt company mm-hmm. I don't know what business even trying to start, even trying to start a podcast like come on we all know that even podcasting is work guys and one thing I've learned is like just being um willing to always adapt like you shouldn't keep things the way they are all the time do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. the industry itself is evolving very fast and I'm sure that applies to a lot of industries so you always have to kind of always be learning and have your um foot on the ball kind of thing mm-hmm. so that you can kind of keep up with everyone else and making sure that the passion no matter what you're doing the passion is always there because I feel like it's very hard to do stuff without passion in terms of even like recording this episode hold up hold up will tell you the amount of stress that we've gone through just to record this simple episode, honestly. But because, <laughs> and even now, even after recording this, I still don't know if this audio is still going to be there in the end. But it's just, just what keeps me going? 
in Jesus' name. You know, after one hour and 20 minutes of talking, God, I pray. But all I, all, like, all that keeps me going, really, is the passion. Because you know, like, sometimes I just want to just pull my hair out. But we thank God, you know. Thank uh, <laughs> God that my hair passion for talking. You know, <laughs> at least I'm not, I'm using I'm using it to make it. I'm not just wasting my mouth and just talking nonsense. Because I always say I never want to just sit here and be talking for hours for no reason. <laughs> like I, I'm never going to be one of those people that just sit here and just talk. I, I, if I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about something that actually help people out. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, do you have anything you want to promote? Any last words? Um. Oh, follow my socials is that how they used to do follow my social <laughs> What's your my personal, personal instagram is coco.mame that's coco c-o-c-o full stop m-a-a-m-e and follow my business page bell.box with two x's so bell as in beauty b-e-l-l-e dot box b-o-x Thank you. Do you wanna do you wanna share your YouTube or you're not really committed oh, to yeah. that? <laughs> YouTube, hey. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what we didn't even talk about YouTube, so I I completely even <laughs> follow my YouTube. Hmm. Coco Mame, the same as my personal Instagram. Um, I'll be posting <laughs> on there. Uh, every week what? are you sure once every year more like once no. every week no okay, I've well, missed three you know in the last month or so I just need do you know what I have a haul incoming but mm-hmm. the way the weather is coming now is like are the clothes even suitable now that it looks like we're going into autumn winter so now I just mm. don't know whether to do why don't you do it like a do it like a holiday so if you were going, but then no one's going on holiday. No one's going on holiday, but that's the thing. I just you can kind of imagine. Up. But to be fair, they're not like, you know, things, I don't know, a lot of summer, um, spring, summer stuff you can wear in winter anyway. Mm. Just throw on a jacket and a scarf, to be honest. But yeah, so exactly. it might have to be more of a styling one than like a haul haul because, yeah, but it's quite annoying. But yeah. uh, we look forward to that. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on this has been a very interesting episode <laughs> and i just hope honestly by the end of it all that we have some we have something to show for these hours that we spent because because <laughs> my audio is not saving but you know thank you so much Alda. <laughs> at least i hope yours are saved do you save yours at least yeah i saved it it might just be an episode of you talking <laughs> Oh gosh, no. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode of Level Up with Lou. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast on Instagram at Level Up with Lou. And if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, um, just email me at levelupwithlou at gmail.com. Bye, guys. Bye.